welcome to the Y'all Show, where we discuss all things Southern with your host, John Rawl. This is the Wednesday edition of the All Southern Program, and we've got an outstanding show coming your way. We'll talk later this hour with Jonathan Leifine of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital. He will file his weekly ACC report. We've got information coming from the White House for the Clemson Tigers. We've got information on some of the most intriguing matchups of the early part of the 2019 college football season. Yeah, we're just about eight months away from college football starting back. Aren't y'all ready for that? Yes, we are. So we've got info on that, and then we'll talk some ACC basketball. We had one big upset in the conference this week. Duke went down to the Syracuse, and we'll discuss how that game is going to have a lasting impact on Duke as one of their key players out with an injury. And we'll also talk about how a Syracuse fan has donated $175,000 to a boys and girls club because of the Orange's big upset over Duke. Yeah, that's a that's a nice gesture. And we'll discuss that. Plus, we'll look at this weekend's lineup of ACC basketball games coming up later this hour. And then hour two, it'll be hashtag hullabaloo, followed by our friend Precious Harris reporting from Nashville. And she's got all of the country music scoop, including something on Loretta Lynn, the coal miner's daughter. Something big going on for her. And other news, including Old Dominion, the great band that's making hit records right now. All that coming up in Hour 2 of the Y'all Show. We want to let you know you can reach us here on the Y'all Show. Our number is 803-816-1170. That's a number you can text anytime you feel like it. You can also call that number, 803-816-1170. On Twitter, we can be found at Y'all Show and on Instagram as well. Looking at headlines from across the South, getting us going here on this Wednesday. And hey, it may seem like deja vu all over again for many of you who live in Missouri and Kentucky and parts of West Virginia and Northern Virginia, maybe even in North Carolina, because a major snowstorm is forecasted for the weekend to go across the plains, the Midwest, and even the Northeast and it will affect those states I just mentioned. Those same states just had a major snowstorm come through this past weekend. So if you don't have that snow plower up and ready to go again, you need to get it ready if you're on the northern edge of our region. And this snowstorm looks like it's going to come into play on Friday as it's expected to have heavy snowfall going on throughout the weekend. I don't have snowfall predictions yet, but if you're well south of the areas affected, but you're planning on going to these areas, that's something to be on the lookout for. Remember last weekend, St. Louis, Missouri was inundated with snow and weather problems, and one of the biggest snowstorms they'd had there in a long, long time, and this Arctic winter blast expected to come again this week. So note to self, if you're going to be traveling to those states, Missouri, Kentucky, West Virginia, Northern Virginia, perhaps even into North Carolina where they had a lot of snow the other day, be on the lookout for this weekend snowstorm as a jet stream pushing that thing a little bit further south than maybe we want. And you need to be on, you need to be prepared. Be a good Boy Scout 
and be prepared. I like to pick on Yankees, and I've just come up with the modern-day definition of the word Yankee, and it has nothing to do with the other ways we use that word Yankee. I'm going to call Yankee the knuckleheads that keep yanking our Confederate monuments away from the South. And in the latest case, it happened at the University of North Carolina. In the middle of the night, on Monday night, they took down the remnants of the Silent Sam statue on the campus of the University of North Carolina. And that was bad enough. I'm talking the the actual statue of the soldier had already been toppled over by knuckleheads and, and people should be in jail for that act. That happened several months ago, I think in September. But they still had the rest of the monument there. Well, the university's president, Chancellor Carol Folt, announced Monday that she was going to have the rest of the thing removed. And guess what? They came in hours later at one in the morning and took every last part of this statue away. A statue that had been there over 100 years on the campus of UNC. Well, when she announced that she was going to have the, the remnants taken away, she also said that she would be leaving as chancellor of the University of North Carolina in Chapel Hill at the end of the school year, which would be in May. Well, the Board of Governors of the University of North Carolina decided Tuesday, hey, why don't we just go ahead and make your departure effective at the end of this month so this woman this chancellor is out of there and you have to think it's because of her decision pretty much on her own to get rid of this entire statue without their approval and and again it all violates north carolina law and just a a big mess there but some of this i think is self-inflicted i'm a person who believes that all of our monuments should not be even thought about being touched. And the reason is, those are monuments as recognized in the 1950s by the United States. I said U.S. United States Congress recognized Confederate veterans and those who served as American veterans. That's why Confederate soldiers get headstones, if requested, that the U.S. government pays for in cemeteries. That's why they are considered american veterans i know the civil war was contentious i know hundreds of thousands of people died on both sides for what we could probably get say now no reason but it happened and it was growing pains of a young country and if you're from the south which you're likely listening to this you're in the south you have more than likely confederate ancestry as i do i proudly have confederate ancestors And we don't know exactly what they were feeling, what they were thinking in 1861 and 1865 and the years in between. And that's why many years ago, when Dwight David Eisenhower was president, this was signed into law. And so any statue of a Confederate soldier is an American statue and should not even be thought about being moved. And it's a disgrace. Who's to say that 50 years from now, 100 years from now, we don't have these same social justice warriors going around trying to pull down World War One, World War Two, Korea, Vietnam monuments. I could see where it might even be quicker. We know Vietnam was a contentious war when it was when it was going on. And who's to say that these social justice warriors don't want it removed because of American 
capitalism and uh, what is it they like to say imperialism going on in the 1960s when that war was going on see anybody can come up with an excuse and that's what happened with what i call the modern day yankees but i'm talking about yankees because they're yanking statues down and hey they're yanking that chancellor out of the university of north carolina speaking of confederate monuments in birmingham a judge has overturned an alabama law meant to prevent the removal of confederate monuments from public property and this ruling has now infringed on the rights of citizens in a mostly black city of Birmingham, and they're repulsed by a memorial in a city park there. And this ruling that came down this week from Jefferson County Circuit Judge Michael Graffio said a 2017 state law in Alabama barring the removal or alteration of historical monuments wrongly violated the free speech rights of local communities. The law can't be enforced, according to this circuit judge, but the state attorney general's office in Montgomery said it would appeal. There is a very tall, it looks like it's like 30 feet tall Confederate monument in downtown Birmingham. And it's still there. A couple of years ago, the leaders of Birmingham had it actually enclosed with plyboard, plywood. And you can't even see the thing. It's really tacky. But they did that to hide the monument. I mean, I'm t- telling you, we got some real wackos going over Confederate statues. It's like the new thing to do. Let's tear down a monument. Like, that's really going to help anything in today's world. If you don't like the monument, don't look at it. That's my opinion. But the, uh, this judge is really extraordinary in his decision. He's saying, ignore a law. This this might violate somebody's rights. It's a monument, for God's sakes. And it's there in public, on pro- public property, because the soldiers of Jefferson County died fighting for their state at the time, no matter what the reason. So another Yankee, someone trying to yank down another Confederate monument, this time in Alabama. Here, here's a story that you don't see every day coming from the state of Mississippi, and it's a sad story. Another man's been charged in the shooting death of a Mississippi pastor that was killed on Sunday morning while trying to unlock his small church in the Jackson, Mississippi area. And police have arrested 23-year-old Bernard Randall and charged him with capital murder. And Randall's also charged with armed robbery and aggravated assault in a convenience store robbery last week. Police said, that uh, Sunday they arrested Marquez Hamilton and charged him with capital murder as well. The two are accused of confronting 62-year-old Anthony Longino early Saturday morning outside of New Bethany Missionary Baptist Church, shooting him and stealing his pickup truck. The shooting sparked a new debate over crime in Mississippi's largest city of Jackson, where homicides rose 33, 30% in 2018. Homicide rate went to 84 in Jackson, Mississippi, the capital city of the Magnolia State last year. But a preacher getting murdered going into his church on Sunday morning. Is that not horrible? It sure is. Investigators say a woman in Texas is facing manslaughter charges after accidentally shooting her boyfriend when she pointed a rifle at him while posing for a photo. In Austin, Texas, records indicate 20-year-old Autumn King is being held on a $200,000 bond, and police in Austin say the shooting occurred at the couple's home in late December. 
Investigators allege that King said she aimed the rifle at her boyfriend, 26-year-old Eric Charles Allen, as he held her cell phone and prepared to take a photo to post online. And King says she accidentally fired. A medical examiner ruled the death a homicide. So maybe a lot more to the story as she's now been arrested. And we'll see what happens there. But the excuse of posing for a photo and the gun going off. A South Carolina man escaped fire, and but sadly was then struck by a car. And this happened in Chesterfield County, South Carolina. Tyrone Bush was 53 years old, and he escaped from a fire with burns. This fire happened in his camper in Chesterfield County. And then he was hit by a car. He died at 6.45 a.m. just outside of his home in Pageland, South Carolina, which is about 40 miles southeast of Charlotte, North Carolina. He had made his way to the road when he was hit, and the coroner said that it's not determined if Bush was trying to flag down help or was disoriented from possible injuries from the fire. Friends told the local station there that Bush suffered a stroke and used a walker, which was found on the side of the road near his body after he was hit. Sad story there as the man hit him going down the road and Tyrone Bush losing his life after escaping a fire being hit by a car. A good Samaritan's pickup truck's now been stolen while trying to help victims, and this happened in Daytona Beach, Florida. 27-year-old man caused a crash on I-95 and then stole a pickup truck from a man who stopped to help. The Florida Highway Patrol said in a statement that 27-year-old Zachary Searles hit a van in front of him Monday night and then Searles' car then hit a tree and caught fire. And 52-year-old Felix Kaufman stopped to help. And while Kaufman got out of his truck, Searles got in and drove away. And now Volusia County, Florida deputies are looking, and they found the truck parked outside Searles' home a short time later and arrested him. That's good news. So the man arrested after stealing a truck from a crash site. I'm telling, and I'm, I've said this before, and I'll say it again. We got maybe the biggest amount of knuckleheads in Florida as any state. Sorry, Florida. We love you. Great place. Hey, hey, if you've had a kid in the last couple of decades, you probably have been to a Gymboree store. And that's a store often found in malls with lots of kids' clothing. And all 900 of the remaining Gymboree stores around the country are being closed after the company has had a bankruptcy filing and mostly found in malls. Gymboree had filed for bankruptcy back in 2017. And at that time, the chain closed about 400 of its 1300 stores to try to have a little bit better financial success, but not to be Gymboree going to close entirely. It employs 11,000 people across the country. But Gymboree, no longer an option if you want to go to the mall if you're looking for some kids' clothes. That's a look at our headlines here. We've got more headlines coming up. Plus, later this hour, we'll be talking to Jonathan Lightheight, Life Out of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital about the ACC. So don't go anywhere. This is y'all. Your skin does a lot for you. It endures the cold and sun and nights when you sleep with your makeup on. 
tell it you love it back during the Love Your Skin event at Ulta Beauty with brands like Philosophy, Dermalogica, and Clinique. All 50% off with daily beauty steals. Plus, licensed skin experts will give your skin the love it deserves with customized facial treatments that fit your needs and goals. Hurry in now through January 26 for a gift with purchase from brands like Mario Badescu, Peter Thomas Roth, and Murad. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. Welcome back to the Y'all Show with John Rawl. And reminder, in hour two, we'll have Precious Harris dropping by with a great report on all things country music and more. So do not miss it. It's a big day when we have Precious Harris stop by the Y'all Show with John Rawl. It's a big day in the state of Maryland today as they'll be having an inauguration ceremony for Larry Hogan, the Republican. And that's hard to believe a Republican held on to the governor's chair in maryland but that's exactly what hogan did and they'll have the ceremonies taking place at the northwest lawn of the maryland state house in annapolis today and a special guest will be one of the speakers at larry hogan's inauguration and that would be former florida governor jeb bush and that's kind of a cool thing that bush who was florida's governor from 1999 to 2007 and a presidential candidate in 2016 and he'll come speak for his friend larry hogan by the way hogan is the first republican governor to be re-elected in maryland since 1954 and he's only the second republican governor ever to be re-elected in maryland's history so a big deal for hogan in maryland which of course is probably the bluest of all of the southern states and i realize maryland is not exactly as deep south as a lot of southern states, but we include Maryland in our, in our mix of southern states because historically they are a southern state and they are usually tied in. If you take out the big city area of Baltimore, Washington, the rest of that state is very rural and very southern in, in most cases. So we don't talk about Maryland a whole lot, but we do talk about them because we, we give them the southern light, L-I-T-E. Uh, we'll give them that title here on the y'all show but jeb bush going to be in annapolis today speaking at larry hogan's inauguration how about this story we told you a couple days on the uh, back on the y'all show in cherokee county alabama a truck spilled a bunch of frozen chicken nuggets on the highway well in atlanta georgia they have topped that as a truck with forty thousand pounds of chicken catches fire under an Atlanta airport runway. <laughs> yes, 20 tons of frozen chicken going up in flames. So you got cooked chicken right there at the Atlanta airport, which is crazy because that's essentially Hapeville, Georgia is the town. And do you know what started in Hapeville, Georgia, my friends? 
a little restaurant chain that does chicken called Chick-fil-A. Truett Cathy, his first Dwarf House restaurant, was in Hateville. They still have one in that area. And earlier this week, an 18-wheeler with that 40,000 pounds of frozen chicken caught fire and it happened in an Interstate 285 tunnel that goes under one of the runways of Hartsfield-Jackson Atlanta International Airport. Luckily, the driver escaped without injuries, but my goodness, I wonder what the smell was like there just off of I-285 east of Riverdale Road. Might have been a pleasing smell. Maybe improve the smells of that area, of the area south of Atlanta where the airport is. But frozen chicken, a whole two, 20 tons of it. Yikes. I would hate to have to clean that mess up, but maybe they had some good grilled chicken available. Here's a scary story, and I've got an, an addendum to this story that happened near where I am right now that ties into something that we all need to be on the lookout for a florida man went out to check his car this week and he popped the hood and found a snake curled up in his engine but this was no ordinary snake and ernest demanche from miami gardens discovered a boa constricting boa constrictor in the engine of his cadillac his caddy and he saw the snake and went crazy and can you blame him I don't want to see a snake anywhere. I don't want to see a snake where there shouldn't be a snake, i.e. a car engine. But a boa constrictor, it was massive. There's a picture of it. And the man said he got goosebumps. Luckily, he called animal control, but couldn't afford the $300 they were charging. And then he went to Miami-Dade Fire Rescue. But they didn't want to hurt the snake and refused to help. So a neighbor eventually came to rescue and pulled the snake out out of the engine using a hanger. Ooh, ooh. And now the man says he can go home and relax. My snake day's over, Demanche said. But yeah, a huge boa constrictor. And they've got problems with gigantic snakes that shouldn't even be in that area. Not native to South Florida. But this man finding one in, in, in his engine of his Cadillac. Now, here's my addendum. I've been in South Carolina most of this week. And the town I just came through, a town just a few miles from me right now, Batesburg, Leesville, South Carolina, the animal clinic there sent out a photo of someone having a gigantic rattlesnake on their patio. And they pointed out that rattlesnakes and snakes in general in the South, especially the further South you go, they're not necessarily hibernating. Did you know that? I, I thought snakes kind of went away for a couple of months and you didn't see them. They do something kind of in between hibernation and being active. I forgot the technical term, but they are likely to come out and look for water, for example, even in the middle of the winter. And this person took a photo of this pretty big rattlesnake right on outside their home. And that scared the heebie-jeebies out of me. So yeah, just when you thought you could take a little time out from snakes in the southeast i find out that they don't truly hibernate like bears they still have a little bit of activity to go out and get a little water have a little drink snakes in january okay i think i'm moving i think i'm going to become a yankee after reading that story hey we've told you here on the y'all show about big concerts taking place in the 
in the summertime, you've got you the what is it, Bonnaroo in Manchester, Tennessee, kind of a hippie type thing. <laughs> you've got in Coleman, Alabama, a big country music concert taking place at the end of May and beginning of June. And now we've got info on the 50th Jazz Fest in New Orleans as the Jazz and Heritage Festival will be a big deal. As It'll be, as I said, the 50th Jazz Fest. And one of the artists performing at Jazz Fest this year, Mick Jagger, also headlining are Katy Perry, the Dave Matthews Band, Al Green, Pitbull, Santana, Jerry Lee Lewis. How about that? That's awesome. Also, Aaron Neville and gospel great Shirley Caesar. In that festival, you don't have to wait to the summer for Jazz Fest in New Orleans. It runs April 25th to 28th and also May 2nd through May 5th. Tickets start on Friday. You can go on and get the tickets for Jazz Fest starting Friday. And for residents of Louisiana only, you get to buy tickets for the Rolling Stone date Thursday, May 2nd. Make, that's for the pre-sale I need to make sure I read that correctly so if you're not in Louisiana and you want to see Mick Jagger you're not offended here tickets go on sale Friday with a pre-sale Thursday for Louisiana residents only to buy tickets for the Rolling Stones date Thursday May 2nd so hopefully y'all figured that part out and a lot of artists performing at this 50th Jazz Fest in New Orleans the big easy I've heard a lot about that event a memphis man is paying tribute to his late son by purchasing billboards around the city kind of a feel-good but sad story michael gray's son josh was in virginia and he went to was selling an iphone and he ended up being shot and killed and now michael gray in memphis his father is advocating for safe exchange zones and putting billboards up to promote that. And I've seen this in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. They have a safe exchange zone as part of their law enforcement complex. So many people make these online transactions now, and you don't want to get shot or robbed or whatever. And so in Memphis, Michael Gray putting billboards up to promote safe exchange zones. What a nice thing to do in memory of his son, Josh, working on this. The mayor of Atlanta is getting in the heat of the Super Bowl and trash talking how about that keisha lance bottoms mayor of atlanta and atlanta's hosting the super bowl in early february of course the falcons won't be there but she is a dirty bird through and through and get this what she said when asked by a reporter in atlanta for her predictions for the super bowl mayor Bottoms said just anybody other than the saints I know there's going to be a bounty on my head for saying that, but if I can't be, if it can't be the Falcons, then hey, as long as it's not the Saints, then I'm happy. <laughs> and the Saints and Falcons, they are rivals, and the mayor doing a little trash talking as the Saints appear to be heading to Mercedes-Benz Stadium for the Super Bowl. They got a big game Sunday against the Los Angeles Rams at Mercedes-Benz Superdome. And finally, if you were on social media on Monday and you saw a lot of activity going on about Fred Flintstone, well, it wasn't the cartoon character that people were talking about. This happened in Arkansas, Pope County, as police arrested Fred W. Flintstone, age 59, and put him in the Pope County Jail. 
and he was booked on a charge of murder in the first degree and being held on a $100 million bond. Good gosh. But good news for the cartoon character and what we now know as the fictitious Fred W. Flintstone. This whole deal was a training error, and the Pope County Sheriff's Office and their personnel were doing training on a system Monday, and the entry was overlooked, and the entry should have been entered as a test instead of the information submitted, but it wasn't. And luckily, this entry has been removed from the Pope County Sheriff's website. But you would think they'd come up with a better name and, and maybe something to not forget about. But yeah, Fred Flintstone, 59 years old, really not a person, and really didn't get booked on a, I wasn't kidding there, $100 million bond. But it was all fake news, thanks to the Pope County Sheriff's Office in Pope County, Arkansas. How about that? When we come back on the Y'all Show, we're going to talk ACC Sports with Jonathan Leifheit of CBS Sports Digital, 247sports.com. Don't go anywhere. Killed. Yeah, well, Kyle's not here. How come? Kicked off the team. Didn't Tim tell you? Kyle and some other kids got caught drinking beer in the park a couple of nights ago. Really? Yeah. Zero tolerance. He's out for the season. Come on, it's a first offense, right? That we know of. But why should that matter? He knew not to drink. I've made it clear to Matt that's what we expect from him. What have you said to Tim? Um, nothing really. You know, a lot of kids try it at this age, so... Yeah, well, a lot of kids don't try it, too. I'm not saying that Matt's going to be this perfect kid, but if I don't tell him what we expect and why he shouldn't drink, how's he going to know? You think kids that age really listen? <laughs> they never admit it, Bill, but they hear more than you think. Talk. They hear you. For more information about talking with kids about underage drinking, visit underagedrinking.samsa.gov. Welcome back to the Y'all Show, this Wednesday edition, where we feature the Atlantic Coast Conference and give you the latest on what's going on in the ACC. This is the Y'all Show with John Rawl, and we welcome in our friend Jonathan Leifheit of 24-7 Sports and CBS Sports Digital to talk all things ACC. Hello, Jonathan. Hello there. How are you guys doing? We're going doing good, sir. How about you? And how are you surviving Big Mac Gate? and whopper gate if you know what i'm talking about uh, i'm i'm doing just fine um i will have to to note that i have not had any fast food burgers in quite a long time and i still don't plan to have any so i'm kind of glad i missed it okay we're talking about clemson going to the white house earlier this week where they were served a smorgasbord of all kinds of fast food and some people loved it some people think it was insulting but I think from what I saw, the Clemson football players really enjoyed it and really were had a good time. And, hey, they've had a season where they went 15-0. They have to constantly watch everything they eat. They've got nutritionists on staff. Clemson probably has 100 on staff. And, hey, why not let up and, and, and then be kids again, which most of these are kids. 
Yeah, I mean, I agree. I, I think, you know, hey, if they had fun with it, great. Anybody criticizing it, yeah, you know, it's probably much ado about nothing, which is the way most things go in Washington, regardless of who's in office. It's much ado about nothing, really. So I want to point out that most times teams I, i've never heard of a team even being fed when they go to one of these white house type events i know when clemson went there in 2016 it was in the middle of the afternoon they didn't serve food to, to them then and i know other teams that go there even professional teams they don't get served meals so it was really extraordinary that they got served food anyway so that story of course clemson's getting even more traction like they needed it they're getting even more publicity as a result of all this but uh definitely a little bit different thing with fast food in the white house jonathan we've got news of a wide receiver from miami jeff thomas he's deciding to transfer he's actually decided he was thinking about transfer but now he's decided against transferring after the coaching change of the miami hurricanes do you know much about thomas who led miami with 563 receiving yards in 2018 yeah, they have a lot of talent down there, and uh, particularly on the offensive side of the ball, they are dramatically underachieved. So, um, from them getting Thomas back, he's he's a player with a, a lot of talent. If they can get their quarterback situation kind of squared away, then they'll probably have a pretty good offense. But you know, from that perspective, that's the that's the big deal is is trying to figure out uh, how to make all that. Uh, that happened down there with Manny Diaz. He fired the entire uh, offensive staff, so they'll have a whole new, a whole new staff to start with on, on the offensive side of the ball. So you know, maybe that'll cure what what ails them. And Jeff Thomas had already announced his decision to transfer to the Illinois Fighting Illini, but with the coaching change and as you said, Diaz coming on board, making all kind of changes, he says, "I think I'll stick around South Beach for a little while." But I didn't realize that he led the team in receiving yards. That doesn't seem like a whole lot for an entire year, 563 yards. <laughs> well, uh, you know, it, 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 you're right, it isn't. But as I mentioned, go back and look what the Miami offense did this past year. Yeah, I, be, I believe that they generally ranked uh, 100th or worse on, in most uh, important categories. They were pretty much a, uh, a, a, a as, as the saying goes, a dumpster fire on offense. Um, as great as they were on defense, that's how bad they were on offense. Yeah. Well, now that it's been a few weeks, are you hearing more of what went into the decision of Mark Rick to retire as Miami's coach? Was there any pressure on him? I don't think so. If you believe the rumors, I think what happened is, uh, I just mentioned the the. the the uh, their inability to do much on the offensive side of the ball, and I I believe personally that probably what happened is the powers that be at Miami came to him and said, uh, "You need to do something on the offensive side of the ball, and you need to you need to clean house and start over and get some other folks in there." And I think Mark Rick looked at it and said, "You know, loyalty is more important to me." Um, and especially when loyalty means not firing my own son, who happens to be the quarterback coach. Um, and I think he decided, you know what, this just isn't what I want to do. Um, I value my loyalty. So instead of firing all these um, people that I, that I value so much, I'm going to step down. Hmm. Well, he certainly did that. And again, they hired with from within. And that brings the question. We found out that Mark Rick was retiring and Manny Diaz was going to be the new coach all at the same time, right? 
Well, no. Uh, Rick retired, and I think it was about a 24-hour turnaround. Okay. So, um, you know, and and what makes me think that this was, you know, kind of uh, the story I mentioned with him being asked or, or being told that he's going to have to fire his offensive staff is if – if Manny Diaz had any clue that he was leaving, I guarantee you he would not have taken the Temple job. That's right. And, and so Diaz took the Temple job, and 17 days later he was back in, back at Miami as the head coach. Yeah, yeah. I'd already forgot about Temple, the job that Diaz took there. Diaz been a long time assistant at places like Texas and Mississippi State, and had done, a, as you said, a, a yeoman's job with the Hurricanes in 2018 on defense. Jonathan. Good news, we're only less than eight months away from the start of the 2019 college football season. Are you ready? I'm always ready. Okay, well, ESPN's just come out with college football's most anticipated games for the year 2019, and I'm not going to talk a lot about some of the ones they've got listed at the top. They've got Notre Dame at Georgia on September 21st as (laughs) as one of the games. LSU in Texas, September 7th. But the first ACC game that, it, that includes an ACC opponent, rather, is Texas A&M at Clemson on September 7th. And if you rewind back to the 2018 season, Clemson had a real challenge in College Station and somehow survived that game. And as we know, that, might, that was really one of the toughest games they had in the entire season. Even their national championship game wasn't as tough as Texas A&M. But that game, September 7th, going to be a big one in Death Valley as the Aggies head to Clemson, South Carolina. Yeah, and Texas A&M returns a really good running back. I, I think his name was, what, Travion Williams? Something like that? That could be. Yeah, he uh, rushed for about 1,700 yards uh, this season as a freshman, so he was really tough. I believe their their quarterback, Mond, also returns. Um, obviously, the, the Tigers will have a lot of talent themselves, but they'll also be losing some along the line. So I think it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they respond. This will be an early test. The good news for the Tigers is it's in Death Valley, and they typically play, play pretty well there. Yeah. Opening weekend, August 31st, the Miami Hurricanes, of which we've just talked about, they're going to play their old in-state foe, the Florida Gators, but it won't be in Gainesville or at Miami Gardens. This game will be played in Orlando at Camping World Stadium. Good to see these two getting back together on the gridiron. Yeah, this is a a pretty anticipated game, particularly for those two fan bases. Um, you know, uh, Florida, uh, under, just finished their first year up under Dan Mullen. And now we got new coach Manny Diaz, uh, at Miami. Um, I, I'd probably give them an advantage to Florida at this point based on how, how things have gone. But, um, Miami certainly is not lacking in the talent department. It'll just kind of be dependent on how they, uh, kind of put it together to, to open the season up. And another game on ESPN's most anticipated games for the year 2019 features the ACC's Florida State Seminoles taking on the Boise State Broncos that opening weekend on August 31st. And they're playing in Jacksonville at the home of the Jaguars and the Gator Bowl in a game there matching the South versus the West. What do you think of that matchup? Well, you know, Boise State had it really going on when Chris Peterson was there. They're still a solid team, not quite as good as they were. And then, of course, Florida State coming off of uh, what could best be described as a train wreck of a season. Um, lots of issues for them along the along the offensive line. I'm not sure they've gotten those solved, but I'm also not sure if Boise State 
is as good as they had been and, and good enough to pull that pull that one off. But that should be a pretty good game, um, probably fairly evenly matched, um, kind of heading in there. Uh, we'll see if uh, Willie Tiger, if if last season was a, a kind of a harbinger of things to come, or if it was uh, kind of a transition year for him before he gets it kind of going. And on that August 31st date, also a matchup to be on the lookout for. The Battle of the Carolinas as the South Carolina Gamecocks and the North Carolina Tar Heels rendezvous at Bank of America Stadium in Charlotte. Mac Brown returns as coach of the Heels. And, of course, South Carolina just played their last football game in that same stadium and got walloped by the Virginia Cavaliers 28-0 in the Belk Bowl. So we'll see what happens there with Mac Brown guiding the Heels. Yeah, uh, Matt comes back. Um, he had a pretty has put together a reasonably good staff. We'll see kind of what the kind of what goes on there. But uh, um, you know, the, the heels probably weren't as bad as their record has been the last two years. Um, they lost a lot of close games, so I actually see them probably being able to contend in this. Although South Carolina, I'm not sure what they have coming back. I haven't followed them very closely, but uh, uh, I've never been that impressed with Will Muschamp as a as a as a coach. But we'll see kind of how that one plays out as well. All right. Again, less than eight months away from the start of college football. Woo. All right. Just excitement. On the Y'all Show, we don't just talk football. We like to talk a little basketball now that the round ball's up and going in earnest. And in the ACC, we had a big upset this week. On Monday night, Syracuse defeated the Duke Blue Devils at Cameron Indoor Stadium on Monday night. And... Jonathan, there's been some good. If you, if you don't like Duke, that was a win for you, first of all. But secondly, now a boys and girls club is getting $175,000 as a result of that Syracuse upset over Duke. Have you heard about this? No, I have not heard about that. Tell me more. All right. Well, Adam Weitzman was having lunch with Syracuse coach Jim Beheim just hours before the upset of Duke. When he looked at the veteran coach and made a prophetic declaration, he said, I think you're going to win tonight, Weitzman told Bayheim. He seemed pretty confident, and the philanthropist and business owner told the coach that he made a promise on social media where he donated $150,000 to the Boys and Girls Club if the Orange pulled off the upset, and indeed, they sure did a dramatic win there in Durham for Syracuse. And actually, the total, it ended up being $175,000 to the Boys and Girls Club. So, some good can come when Duke goes down. Uh, I, I, I think you underestimate the amount of Duke, uh, the amount of good that comes when Duke goes down. <laughs> How would you like to just give away $175,000 because of your team winning a game? That, that must be a nice feeling. It would be a nice feeling. I wish I had that to give. I'd be glad to do it. More bad news for Duke as point guard Trey Jones is out indefinitely with a right shoulder injury that he suffered in Duke's 95-91 overtime loss to Syracuse on Monday. And I haven't seen a whole lot of Jones or even Duke in this college basketball season. Is he a pretty big player for them? Yeah, he's a really big player for them. As a matter of fact, I would say the reason Syracuse was able to pull off what they did was largely because of of, uh, of Jones going down. Um, he went down pretty early in that game, and after his injury, um, Duke never really had an answer for uh, for Syracuse, um, particularly on the defensive end. Uh, Jones is a really solid defender, 
and once he went down, they just they, there was nobody they could plug in to really make make their defense go like Jones did. So this is going to be a big loss for them. They'll they don't. I'm not crying for the Blue Devils. They've got plenty of talent, uh, but it is a big, pretty big deal for them. Um, probably the only thing bigger would have been if they'd lost Zion Williamson. Yeah. Um, but uh, but Jones is still a pretty big loss, and they're going to have to they're going to have to reshuffle some things and, and figure some things out in order to make that work. Yeah, and again, I haven't heard as much about Jones because, as you just mentioned, Zion Williamson is getting a lot of ink there for Coach Shusevsky's program, and they ended up losing the other night. By the way, Jones suffered an AC joint separation when he collided with Syracuse's Frank Howard, and he will be out, like we said, a little while uh, dealing with this injury. Now let's look at the standings in the ACC. We've got one team currently with a 4-0 conference mark. The Virginia Cavaliers are perfect in ACC play. Virginia Tech, North Carolina, Duke, Syracuse are all 3-1 in the ACC. So that's something of note, Jonathan. And then also of note is what's going on on the bottom end of the ACC with a couple of teams really struggling in conference play. Boston College has yet to win a game. They're 0-3. Clemson is 0-3. And Miami, Florida State, Wake Forest, and Notre Dame are 1-3. So what do you make of the good and the bad of the ACC? Well, I think the, probably the biggest surprise is Notre Dame. They were, I believe, picked to be one of the top, you know, closer to the top teams or at least, at least you know, bottom of the top or, or upper end of the, of the middle. Um, so seeing them at one and three, kind of a kind of a big surprise in my opinion. Florida State also Leonard Hamilton's been doing a really good job down there, and seeing them kind of in that same same ballpark is uh, a big deal. And then um, also, if you look at some of the standings, I have to give a shout out to to my own Yellow Jackets. Uh, they're sitting at two and one, um, and they very easily uh, probably could have and should have beaten Virginia Tech the other night and made them three and zero. So uh, they're they're uh, kind of been playing surprisingly well particularly on the defensive end so those are kind of a few of the surprises in, in my opinion uh north carolina struggled a little bit more i think than everybody's expected and uh uh so they're another one that's kind of uh kind of you know raising a few eyebrows but not in a good way and one of those wins for josh passner's team came on the road at the carrier dome when they defeated syracuse a couple of days ago so yes georgia tech a team Two and one in conference play right now. Jonathan, looking at what's ahead this Saturday in ACC play, North Carolina visits Miami. The mm-hmm. NC State Wolfpack, which had a loss here this week, they are currently in the top 20. They are at Notre Dame. The Pitt Panthers play Syracuse. Wake Forest travels to Blacksburg, where they'll take on Virginia Tech. Louisville's playing Georgia Tech at McCamish Pavilion in Atlanta on Saturday. And a top 10 matchup as the number four Virginia Cavaliers are in Durham to take on Duke, which is currently number one, but likely to go down after their loss in the week. Any games you're going to be tuning into, sir? Well, I'll certainly be tuning into my Yellow Jackets and then um, probably will kind of depend on the schedule and uh, and uh, what I can fit in and, and when. But uh, I'd really like to see that, uh, that UVA-Duke game. Uh, UVA is uh, Tony Bennett's really plays a um, you know they got them a, a very solid solid game and kind of seeing what Duke looks like after they lost uh, um, Jones for the for uh, for an extended period of time um, kind of interested to see how they adapt and adjust to that. All right, and then the Battle of Florida takes place on Sunday as Florida State will be 
in Carl Gables to take on the Miami Hurricanes. And that is a Sunday evening tip, 6 p.m. Eastern from the Watsco Center in Coral Gables, Canes, and Seminoles. And that's a look at ACC basketball. Jonathan, thank you. Anything else we need to know about before we say goodbye to you for the week? Yeah, well, uh, signing day is coming up. And uh, so recruiting, you know, there's still about 15 20% of the signees still sitting out there available. So recruiting is now back in full swing. Lots of uh, official visits going on across the conference. And uh, uh, they'll continue right up until, I believe, the date's February 6th. And Jonathan, what is the best website for people to go to to find out what's going on in the world of college football recruiting? Well, that'd be 247sports.com. <laughs> Somehow I thought you'd say that. Jonathan, have a great day. We appreciate all your info on the Atlantic Coast Conference. You betcha. You guys have a great week. All right. Jonathan Leifheit of 247 Sports and CBS Sports Digital. Well, that will wrap up our hour one of the Y'all Show. When we come back in hour two, hang on. We're going to have hashtag hullabaloo, and our friend from Music City will be checking in with a report on all things country music. Precious Harris, all ahead on the Y'all Show with John Rawl. Hey, this is Shaq. When I was playing ball, our team doctors helped me overcome pain with something called TENS therapy. And Icy Hot Smart Relief is that same kind of therapy. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that immediately start blocking pain. Back, hip, knee, or shoulder pain. Even works for hours after you turn it off. Man, this Smart Relief so smart, they should call it Shaq Relief. Ooh, I like that one. Somebody write that down for me. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Get my lawyer on the phone. You need to patent that. Use only as directed. Welcome in to Hour 2 of this Wednesday Y'all program, where we discuss the South in all of the wonderful states, 16 of them. In fact, I need to remind all y'all exactly what we consider Dixie. And I'll try to do this in alphabetical order, and I think I can rattle, rattle all of them off in appropriate fashion. And if I screw up, apologies. This is the Y'all Show, by the way, with John Rawl. Thanks for listening. Here we go, our 16 states that we love to talk about. Alabama, Arkansas, Florida, Georgia, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maryland, Mississippi, Missouri, North Carolina, Oklahoma, South Carolina, Tennessee, Texas, Virginia, West Virginia. How is that, my friends? Did I say Kentucky? I'm sure I did. But yeah, that is who we cover here on the Y'all Show. Tennessee, did I mention Tennessee? I'm sure I did. So yeah, I'm I'm having to re- think and make sure I covered the bases. But yeah, that's what we do. We talk about the people, the personalities, the history, the tradition, and all that goes along with those 16 states. And everybody else, the rest of the, what is it, 34 states that aren't part of the South, you're missing out, my friends. And guess what? Unlike college football conferences that expand, we ain't expanding anymore. So you're just out of luck. The South, where it's happening as we like to say down here, where it's at, Dixie. All right, we've got Precious Harris coming up straight from the music capital of the entire world, but certainly the music capital of Dixie, Nashville, Tennessee, Davidson County. I love every time I'm on an interstate and I head into Nashville, you see that sign as soon as you hit the Metro Nashville-Davidson County line. It says, 
Metropolitan Nashville, Davidson County, and just below that a line, and it says, home of the Grand Ole Opry. I tear up every time I see those markers on Interstate 40, on Interstate 24, and Interstate 65. I love it, love it, love it. And that's what we're going to talk with Precious about music when she stops by in just a few minutes with her music report direct from Davidson County, Tennessee. All that on the Y'all Show here in this hour two. We start off this first part of hour two with, uh, go ahead, play that song right there, Sonny. Yeah. Hashtag Hullabaloo is the segment that you're getting a taste of right now with with the Y'all Show. And we're going to start out with a tweet from a guy that I found this on Twitter. And by the way, our Twitter account at Y'all Show. And I just love his name. I'm sure it's not his real name. But his name caught my eye, especially here this week, as we're getting ready on Monday to celebrate across the nation Martin Luther King Jr. Day. And some states have Robert E. Lee's birthday celebrated on Monday. And I think if you're a Southerner, you should celebrate both men, both great Americans, great Southerners that were part of two different centuries. But the impact they had was enormous during those centuries and their impact will and should remain going forward. And I know that's easy to bash Robert E. Lee since he was older and there's all this idiocy going on with Confederate stuff right now. But Robert E. Lee was the epitome of a Southern gentleman. And we shouldn't forget about him, especially as we get ready to celebrate his birthday coming up on Monday as well. But this tweet comes from Meet Luther King. M-E-A-T, Meet Luther King, on Twitter, at ManMadeMeaty. I guess this guy likes his meat. But he put on Twitter a question, and this question not quite as cool as his name on Twitter. The question is, can anyone tell me where the Hollis building is? And and I'm sure he got an answer. But yeah, I just had to find that Twitter account there, at Meat Luther King, and share that with you. Because he likes his meat, evidently. Again, ManMadeMeaty is the Twitter account. And hopefully he found out where the Hollis building is. By the way, that is a building on the campus of Georgia Southern University in Statesboro, Georgia. And so, yeah, maybe he's got that in common. He's from the same state as Martin Luther King Jr. We have a tweet from Dom is awesome 90. I need to revise my Twitter name to be like John is awesome, something like that. But Dom is awesome 90 has got the handle at Dom is awesome 09 actually is the Twitter account. His name's Dom is awesome 90. I don't know if he's aware that his numbers are reversed, but Dom is awesome is actually not a he, it's a she, a mother and obnoxious. She's saying this about herself in her own profile, and she's also saying that she's kind of funny. Well, maybe you're just pulling a good laugh on everybody with your handle and your name, Dom is awesome, 90, or Dom is awesome, 09, your pick. But Dom is also put on Twitter. Does anybody else's measure distance with me or is that just Arkansas people? Okay. I'm not understanding this question. Let me read it again. Does anybody else's measure dis- I think you need to go back on your grammar skills. Dom is also let's revise this. Does anybody else measure distance with time or is that just Arkansas people? And the next sentence says, How long does it take to get from Little Rock to Forest City, Arkansas? About two hours. And she put about two hours in quotes. Well, I was just 
on Interstate 40 the other day traveling between Forest City and Little Rock. And you must be going super slow because that's not two hours. Forest City to Little Rock is more like an hour 20, maybe, depending on your speed. It's a flat stretch. But your point here that you're bringing up isn't the get too technical with us here is that in Arkansas, people measure distance by the time between cities like Little Rock and Forest City or Little Rock and Fort Smith. Now, that's about two hours, two hours to Fort Smith. And it's actually two hours on Interstate 40 the other direction to Memphis. It's about a two-hour drive, Memphis to Little Rock. Now, when you start going off to Pine Bluff or you go down toward Texarkana, then you're exceeding that two-hour. And my goodness, it's kind of a hassle to go from a place like Little Rock up to Jonesboro, for example, or up to Northwest Arkansas to Fayetteville or Bentonville or or any of those places, just a real stretch, more than two hours. So, but you're not alone. I don't think Dom is awesome in measuring by how long it takes to get between those towns like Little Rock and Forest City, Forest City, Arkansas, if you're not familiar on Crowley's Ridge, which is a real natural wonder because in a flat area of eastern arkansas known as the arkansas delta here's this ridge and it stretches really across i think it goes up into missouri to the boot hill but it goes down into arkansas and it's like a ridge and 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 it stands out from the other areas that are all flat crowley's ridge how about that we're bringing all this arkansas knowledge the natural state is arkansas and Glad to share this from Dama's Awesome 90. Amanda is on Twitter at Stitched Wicked. And Amanda is a Navy vet and a volunteer slash college student. And she put on Twitter, when you make an update video and you finally notice that you have indeed picked up the Southern accent, hashtag Georgia, hashtag Southern. And she had a link, and I watched this link from Amanda at Stitched Wicked. And she's a Yank. She's not from the South, but she has certainly acclimated brilliantly. There's a few words I picked up on that were a little bit Yankee, but for the most part, she sounds pretty darn Southern. So Amanda, you've, you've done well. I don't know if they taught you that in the Navy because you said you're a Navy vet, but the Navy anchors away. You're doing a good job, but that's one of your skills. She's based in Georgia, my guess, probably around Brunswick or Further south, was it Kings Bay? I believe they have a a submarine base there just north of Jacksonville, Florida, in the state of Georgia. But Amanda, appreciate you sharing that here on Twitter. CBD Games is on Twitter, at CBD Games 1. And it says, we play game I enjoy, sometimes a cat. I have no idea what they mean by that in their profile. But CBD Games writes on Twitter, My favorite Southern news article of the week, I can't believe it wasn't a Florida man. And they link the story that we just told you about on the Tuesday, y'all, about the person in Wichita Falls, Texas, that was riding around in the parking lot on an electric scooter type thing, drinking wine from a Pringles can at a Walmart. Let me repeat, Wichita Falls, Walmart, Pringles can, wine inside Pringles can, driving around like an idiot. And they got, they actually didn't get hauled off to jail 
From what I remember in the story, they were just asked not to set foot back on the Walmart property. But this CBD, CBD Games on Twitter is responding to that article, and I love what they're bringing to us here. How in the world could this not have been a Floridian that did such an idiotic thing in Wichita Falls? Because, and I'm going to pick on Florida, but then I'm going to defend Florida. When we talk about some of the dumbest crimes and the, some, some of the dumbest things that have happened, even if it's not a crime, just idiot type things going on. The common thing that most of these things have is it comes out of Florida. Florida, I don't know what you got going on in the water there, but you got some bozos. It is the king of bozos. It should be the dumb shine state. However, I'm going to defend Florida for a moment because unlike states like Mississippi and Arkansas and Alabama, and I'll even throw in South Carolina and I'll throw in Kentucky, Florida is a big state from a population standpoint. So my question is, in my defense of Florida, is per capita, is Florida the home of the dumbest people, at least people doing the dumbest things per capita. I don't have that answer, but based on volume, at least from what I'm reading on headlines and what I'm seeing in hashtag hullabaloo, there is a definite gap between Florida and all the rest of the Southern states. But I know y'all going to fix that in Florida. You got a new governor, Ron DeSantis, and you have an awesome place to live and you don't charge a, I don't think you charge an income tax in the sunshine state or the dumb shine state. And so, yeah, Florida, you just keep on being Florida because, hey, if nothing else, I like it because on the y'all show, you give me plenty of good material. (laughs) And finally, on our hashtag hullabaloo for this Wednesday, it comes from Brittany Brooke Boykin, BBB, at N2Bait underscore E-M. In to bait underscore um in debate I guess is what she's getting at. And this is what she writes on Twitter that in her profile, she's a single mom raised in Alabama, but currently living in Ohio. She's a fan of Southern music, medicine, beer, bourbon, and concerts old enough to know better, but too young to resist. I thought she was channeling Wade Hayes there for a moment. But I like that, too. Now, this is what Brittany Brooke Boykin put on Twitter this week. Some of y'all ain't never had to pick your own switch, and it really shows. Hashtag, it really shows. Hashtag, food for thought. Now, I know exactly what Brittany Brooke Boykin is talking about. Do you? Okay, I'm going to read that sentence again. Some of y'all ain't never had to pick your own switch. And it really shows. Have you ever had to pick your own switch? We're not talking about a switch at the hardware store. We're talking about going out and getting a switch off a tree, of a limb, and that being used to teach your bosom a lesson in discipline, where you take that switch and you just pop them good. And there's something about getting a spanking from a tree limb, a very skinny, like from an oak tree. You can't go out there with a pine tree limb, but 
if it's like from an oak tree or a hardwood and then you strip those leaves off the end and you, you pop them, you'll remember. And I've had a nice switch beating before. Not abuse. I'm not here to condone any kind of abuse, but I think every kid, I've got a youngster. I think my project for this holiday weekend is to go find me a nice switch and just give him one nice little nice little lesson, just a gen, gentle, gentle pop, nothing to even make him cry. Just just say, just so he can relate to hashtag hullabaloo, for goodness sake, so he, he's got something he can tell his grandchildren one day about what his daddy did to teach him a good old Southern lesson. But remember, just like Brittany Brooke Boykin said, you got to go out and pick your own switch. That's the, that's the real key. It's kind of like an adventure. We don't need these current, the current trend right now are these escape rooms. That's kind of a new fad going on. Hey, we just need to escape to the woods and break off a switch. And when you mess up, I don't care if you're a kid or you're 95 years old. If you mess up, maybe it'd be nice to get a little switch disciplined. Okay. But again, I'm not contoning violence. Please, please, please keep the letters away. I'm just saying just for one gentle little poke, it would be a good lesson, a good throwback. That's that's my point. And I believe that's what Brittany Brooke Boykin was getting at in hashtag hello blue. We're gonna call we're gonna come right back and we're gonna bring on Precious Harris from Nashville on Music Road. She's got the scoop on all things country music, and we're gonna start it out with information about a true country music legend a lady that's been making hits and been in the headlines for more than 60 years that's up next here on the y'all show with john rawl your skin does a lot for you it endures the cold and sun and nights when you sleep with your makeup on Tell it you love it back during the Love Your Skin event at Ulta Beauty with brands like Philosophy, Dermalogica, and Clinique. All 50% off with daily beauty steals. Plus, licensed skin experts will give your skin the love it deserves with customized facial treatments that fit your needs and goals. Hurry in now through January 26th for a gift with purchase from brands like Mario Badescu, Peter Thomas Roth, and Murad. Ulta Beauty. The possibilities are beautiful. Shaquille O'Neal here. If you battle back or hip pain or knee or shoulder pain, you don't have to tough it out. You can just turn it off with Smart Relief from Icy Hot. You just push a button and whoosh. Smart Relief sends waves of relaxing pulses that safely block pain at the nerve level. It's simple, easy to use, and it's been clinically tested to start providing immediate relief for hours, even after you turn it off. So if you're battling pain, let Icy Hot help you win that battle. Turn on Smart Relief and turn off pain. Use only as directed. The rain is a-falling The faucet is a-drippin' And the kids are a-ballin' One of them a-toddlin' And one is a-crawlin' And one's on the way 
Oh, the coal miner's daughter, Loretta Lynn, here on the Country Music Spotlight, a part of our y'all show, this show all about the Southeast. John Raw back with you. We've got Precious Harris now joining us from Nashville Music City, USA. And she's got a little bit in common with that lady singing that song right there, Precious. I sure do. She is a Kentucky girl. No way. Yes. I bet you're going to tell me she's from a holler. She is actually a holler as an H O L L E R, not H O L L O W. Yeah, I heard that song once called Coal Miner's Daughter and Born in Butcher's Holler. So, yeah, we know all about it. She's from a different part of the Commonwealth than you're from. She's from the East, 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 and you're from the West. Yeah, she's almost to West Virginia line. She's yeah. in the coal. You know, her daddy was a coal miner. That's what he died of the black lung disease. And, uh, but I've I've actually got to spend some time with her twin one of her twins in the last three or four months. And so she's even though she's had a you know, had a little a little almost like the flu but little bug thing, but she's back on track and doing really good. So I'm excited for her. You know, she's nominated for a Grammy and uh and uh so I'm excited about that. So Loretta Loretta is now eighty six years young. And a music legend, not just in country music, but everything she's done throughout her career. And Precious, not only are we promoting Loretta Lynn here on the Y'all Show, but evidently a lot of people are are getting ready to promote Loretta Lynn in a big way as they get ready to celebrate her birthday in April. They're going to have a -a once-in-a-lifetime music event for Loretta. Tell us about it. Yeah, well... Some of the people that she's that has jumped on board once they announced they were looking for people to play for her birthday party. Listen to this line of who's who. Okay. Uh, it's actually a, a bigger, better lineup than what of the who's who you would see at the Grammys for the country division, but it's got uh, Alan Jackson, Randy Clark, Darius Rucker, Garth Brooks, George Strait, hmm. Mr. Yes, Jack White, which is her producer, Casey Musgraves. Keith Urban, Little Big Town, who actually have loved her, adored her, and actually, um, uh, Kimberly um, is actually probably one of the biggest Loretta Lynn fans you've ever met in your life. The blonde, curly little girl from Little Big Town. Margot Price, who's also nominated for a Grammy. And Martina McBride, Miranda Lambert, Pistol Annie's, and Trisha Yearwood are the first guests announced. So we still are two months out from april the 1st and this is already who's the people have jumped on board so i'm excited for it for loretta and her family this will be the loretta lynn and all-star birthday celebration concert taking place on april fool's day at nashville's bridgestone arena and precious one of the neat things about this concert net proceeds from ticket sales will benefit the opry trust fund and the country music hall of fame and museum pretty cool it is, yeah. I didn't go to Loretta. I mean, I'm just so, but she's one of those most humble, giving artists, country stars you'll ever meet. Um, I had a friend of mine from Kentucky, no pun intended, that actually played her named Emily Portman. If you go to YouTube, you can't tell the difference if you shut your eyes, but Loretta loves Emmy, em- Emily. And, uh, but she played her on the, you know, on the tribute with Conway and Twitty, you know, the Conway and Twitty tribute show that was like, 10, 12 years ago. Anyway, uh, she was the lead, and Glenn Templeton played Conway, which is actually one of my current clients. So it was pretty cool to see a Kentucky girl play a Kentucky girl on that uh, that, that uh, USA tour when they did that, the Conway Tribute Tribute show. But yeah, I'm excited for Miss Loretta. 
And as you referenced, she's had a real health scare in the last couple of months, but you're saying she's back up and going at it right now. Yeah, she's back up and going. Uh, a friend of mine said, you know, she has a little office in her house, and she's back at it, her and her daughter. And she's very much um, has an input in her career. She really does. So I'm, I cannot wait to see uh, what who else is going to be announced for the concert. Well, I can't believe Loretta Lynn, thankfully, thank the good Lord, that she's lived as long as she has. Not because of the crazy world of being a country music superstar that she is, but for many, many years, Loretta Lynn has had her own restaurant in Hurricane Mills, Tennessee. And I don't know how anybody that had their own restaurant could live past 50. (laughs) I know. No, she actually had one in Franklin, Tennessee, where Marty Brown's now. Oh, okay. or he just got a new deal with Plowboy. But anyway, she had one there till about three or four years ago, and they had to close it down because just trying to make the trips from Hurricane Mills to Franklin, Tennessee, to keep everything running with her team and staff and her family did a lot of the work. It was just too much. So they just keep the one open at Hurricane Mills. Yeah. Well, I've not had a chance to have a meal there, but there's another restaurant right across the parking lot that I have been to there in Hurricane Mills and well worth the effort to go to either one of those places. If you're traveling on Interstate 40 between Nashville and Memphis, pull in there and have a good meal. And why not go to Hurricane Mills and, and go to Loretta Lynn's place first? I think you would enjoy it. Precious, That's other, for sure. I just heard you say George Strait was a part of this Loretta Lynn concert. Well, I just read where the king of country music, the Texas troubadour, the modern Texas troubadour, no offense to Ernest Tubb, but George uh-huh. Strait was just in Nashville, I think this past weekend, singing alongside Willie Nelson in a similar deal for Loretta. They're having a star-studded deal for Willie Nelson. What do you know about that event? Uh, I know that he's got uh, – they actually had the red carpet. I'll tell you who was there. Uh, Bobby Bear was there. Uh, a friend of mine was on the red carpet covering some of the interviews. Um but Willie, you know, he lives in Hawaii, believe it or not, yeah. uh, with his wife and two sons. And it's his third wife. And she keeps like a recluse, but she's the one who actually brought him the true, true love. And she was a makeup artist, and he met her uh, on the set of Stagecoach. Oh. But yeah, but uh, the whole there's a bunch of the classic country artists came out. I think Kid Rock came out, of course, which I thought was really cute. Um, but yeah, Bobby Bear was... Uh, my friend represents Bobby Bear, and he was there, and he's still going. You know, and he's in his eighties too. Wow! You know, he's he's still rocking and rolling. And his son, uh, Bobby Bear Jr., has been in the alternative rock scene for years and very successful at his gig. He actually used to be a roommate to a friend of mine in Nashville that owns a, a very famous record store called Grimey's. <laughs> but they used to be roommates, Bobby Bear's son, Bobby Bear Jr., and Grimey's. So, yeah, how, it, how in the world did you – I'm trying to decipher your Kentucky ease. Grimey's? What are you saying? Grimey's. G-R-I-M-E-Y-S. Grimey's uh, Record Shop. Okay. Yeah, See, Grimey's I'm, Record Shop. Yeah, right. it's very famous. All yeah, right. it was the, voted one of the top ten in the United States. But, yeah, he and I went to – Bowling Green, Kentucky. <laughs> went to college together there. So oh, no more about Kentucky. Y'all went, to, y'all went to Bowling Green uh, State University? Well, actually, it's Western Kentucky. I, I know. Bowling Green's up in, <laughs> I think it's in Ohio or Indiana. But, yeah, WKU, I'm just teasing you. I know all about them hilltoppers. Oh, yeah. I love them. Uh, I mean, I love them. I'm sure, you know, you, I'm sure you do. You're allowed to. It's college basketball season, Precious. I know. I got to love my team. 
But my true heart is blue. My second true heart is red. Just saying. Uh, Blue and red. All right. Hey, let's talk about this group that I have really become a big fan of. And I'm not a big fan of most of your modern hit makers in country music. But this band is just different. Different because they're cool. They've got a different sound. And they just make good music. I'm talking about Old Dominion. Plus, I love their name as well. But they've just announced a bunch of dates to their 2019 Make It Sweet Arena Tour. What do we know about that? Okay, well, I will tell you about Old Dominion. I, I see them a lot. Uh, actually, last year, a couple of them had a couple of number one songs. Trevor Rosen, who's in them, and Matthew Ramsey. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, and then Brad had a number one song with uh, Luke Bryan. And I can't remember if it was the 17th or 18th song, number one song. Isn't that terrible <laughs> when you can't remember if it's the 17th or 18th song? Isn't that just terrible? I know for the number one, I know, because he had his 17th, 18th, and 19th number one all in one big party. It was huge. Um, but anyway, but what they've got, some of the special guests, I think it's because I'm sort of excited about it. Because one of them, even though he's from Louisiana, he is one of the sweetest people I've ever met. And his name is Jordan Davis. And I think when we went to his number one party for Single You Up, mm-hmm. he was up to 240 million streams. God, that's all. Or 240 million impressions. That is a, a buttload, excuse my language, yeah. for a brand new kid out of Louisiana. And he, it was the funny part. I saw him as a morning party. I'm talking to him. I'm telling him that I have another kid from Louisiana and my former boss, who's a hit writer, Randy Boudreaux, who wrote Alibis and Goodnight, Sweetheart, and Who Needs a Baby is from Louisiana. So I told him that, you know, I just, I have a lot of good friends close to me from Louisiana. He said, oh, and I told him, Guy Riggin, my client from Louisiana, he goes, oh, I opened up for Guy last year. And it was like so funny because I figured, go, what? You opened up for my client and you're sitting here in number one party with 248 streams. Okay, well, I guess it's time for full circle. And, of course, Morgan Evans, he has a number one party this week for Kiss Somebody. And then Mitchell Tenpenny and then the kid that I used to work with, Michael Ray. And another, I call them kids because they're way younger than me. I just sound like I'm 16, you know. Yeah. But Carlton Anderson, uh, I've been knowing his people for years. And I knew him, I think it was in 2010 when he was trying to get things going and he was just having a hard time. And I'm so glad to see his name on that list because they're great. And, of course, Brandon Lay. And there's a couple of other ones. Depends on which select shows it is. And then the Washboard Union. They're really reaching out to some of the people that support them along the way. You know, and help spread the love of being an opening act. So that's a good thing. But it kicks off uh, the 18th, like this Friday, um, in in Illinois, and it's a sold out. It's a sold out show this Friday. Is so. at All State Arena in Chicago, Illinois. The Make It Sweet tour commences for Old Dominion. As far as stops in the South, they'll be in Durant, Oklahoma, on February 2nd. Athens, Georgia, at the Aikens Ford Arena. That will be there on the 27th of February. Asheville, North Carolina at U.S. Cellular Center on February 28th. They'll be in my old stomping ground in North Charleston, South Carolina. The North Charleston Coliseum, March 1st. Houston, March 4th. Pensacola, March 7th. Tallahassee, March 8th. And then in Plant City, Florida, March 10th. Then they go back up north. And I don't want to promote when they go north of the Mason-Dixon line here on the <laughs> Y'all show. I will say they've just added a date in Nashville, May 3rd. Oh, yeah, by the way, there will be in Tupelo at the Bank Corps South Arena in North Mississippi, April 13th. That's one of the newly added dates. Then they'll be at 
the Ascend Amphitheater in Nashville on May 3rd. That's a just announced date. So Old Dominion, Dominion, check them out in concert. Matthew Ramsey, the lead singer of that, he's had a health scare or two. Hasn't he been off the road a little bit because of that? Yes, I don't know a lot about it because they've sort of been keeping it under wraps. Okay. But I, I do know that everything is getting back to normal, which is why that they started adding more dates. Okay. Precious, I know at Western Kentucky University, you took a whole bunch of business classes. And when you're in any kind of business class, you look at charts and you see the downward trend of activity. And I'm sitting here, I don't know how scientific wikipedia is but according to wikipedia they track old dominion's record sales for their singles and uh-huh. their first single that was a big seller selling seven hundred nineteen thousand units was break up with him back in 2015 uh-huh. well yeah. get this that single sold that amount the next song snap back 413,000 the next one song for another time 309,000 followed by no such thing as a broken hearted 247 written in the sand 246 and then this last song that i love called hotel key sales of only 105,000 units for that single what a difference between 719 and 105 for both songs of both both of which top the chart that's crazy yeah yeah, but I know, I know, I know why that is, though. All right, tell me, boss. Those are those are those are physical sales, okay, of the record downloaded on iTunes. Uh, you know, anything to do like that, iTunes, anything like that. But what's happened is the country music age is getting younger, so you have the younger group streaming, but that's not streaming sales. That's just, you know, download sales. So it's a bit of a difference. Big so difference. What has happened, huge difference. It just goes to show that in the last three years that the the country fans has gotten younger and a little bit more techy. So then the streaming has actually gone up by 22%. I was at a CMA a conference not too long ago. And that's why the streaming, the listeners are getting younger. The streamings are going up. So that's why you see a diminished uh, sales even though it's we knew it was a massive hit snapback was a massive hit even though the sales were down the streams went up by 50 percent on that one well we've heard you talk about this on this y'all show when you have your awesome country music report by the way we're talking with precious harris and to see these numbers coming in in just three years from 2015 when the same band with the number one song sold 719 719,000 that is then uh-huh. three years later, another big hit, Hotel Key, only sold one hundred and five thousand. That ain't right. I know. I see. I like physical copies, so I don't really stream, and I know I should. I got one kid that's got one point nine million streams right now. I think on a combined thing, mm-hmm. but you know, I, I mean, I'd rather just download the CD. I showed one of my clients yesterday that I had downloaded his CD on iTunes that he was cracking up. He goes, "Mama Pete." I would have given it to you. I said, yeah, but you needed my 99 cents. <laughs> Even though he's not going to get the whole thing. What an know. angel. See, I knew you were an angel, and here you are proving it more and more every day. This is the Y'all Show. We're talking with Precious Harris. We're going to continue talking to Miss P-, Miss P when we come back. Mama P, rather. And we're going to leave you with a trivia question for the break. And that question is, on January 16th, back in 1998, which famed male artist began a six-week stay at number one on the Billboard country charts with this song, 
just to see you smile. We'll have the answer to that and a whole bunch of other goodies coming from Music Row when we continue our conversation with Precious after the break. Don't go anywhere. Ever wonder why Europeans seem to speak so many languages? Maybe it's because they use Babbel, the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Babbel's award-winning technology gets you speaking right away, whether you're learning Spanish, French, or German. And best of all, you'll remember what you've learned. I always thought I was bad at languages, but after using Babbel, I can tell you I was just taught the wrong way. Using Babbel's 10 to 15 minute lessons, you can be speaking confidently in your new language within weeks. I was amazed that I could start having real life conversations right away. It was so fast. Now I'm speaking Spanish. Woohoo! <laughs> no wonder Babbel is the number one selling language learning app in Europe. Try it for yourself and see why Babbel is the quick way to get conversational in a new language, like Spanish, French, or more. You can try Babbel for free. Go to Babbel.com or download the app and try it for free. That's Babbel, B-A-B-B-E-L.com, or download the app to try it for free. That's Babbel.com. It's the Y'all Show, talk with a Southern accent, the general of all things Southern, John Rawl here with you. We've got Precious Harris right on Music Row in Nashville, Tennessee, 17th Avenue, if you want to check me here. And we're talking country music, and that song playing there, Precious, a big song going back in 1998 with uh, artists, and the question we asked before the break, which artist began a six-week stay at number one with that song, Just to See You Smile?, and that was big on the country music charts in January of 1998. And Precious, drum roll, who the heck was that? That was Tim McGraw. And he and I have been friends many, many years. I met him in 1991. Hmm. Poor guy. I know. I know. I'll never forget what he had on, his outfit, and his best friend, whose wife is a huge publisher, too. Anyway, his best friend uh, was there named Brad. And he goes, come here. I want you to meet my roommate. He said, he's going to be a big country star one day. And I, he said, he got, just got a record deal with Curb. And, of course, he had a, his very first hit that people forget about. is called Welcome to the Club. Well, it wasn't that big of a hit. It was. I know, but it was big to me. I loved it. It okay. was my favorite song. But like one of my that. favorite songs of all that I actually got an autographed CD from uh, when my when my, I had my benefit, you know. For my mm. knee replacement. Anyway, it was called Not a Moment Too Soon. Mm. So when I had my benefit, the guy that actually wrote Not a Moment Too Soon, Wayne Perry, sang it to me. And it was like the most bestest moment in one of my music memories. Oh, how sweet. I Actually, you and I went to the same number one party for Don't Take the Girl. I remember that. You and I went to that. It was out by the airport in Nashville at some small club there. That's going yep. back a ways. That was, I guess, the second big haunt song after Indian Outlaw. Tim yep. McGraw, number one, 1998, Just to See You Smile. And we're talking with Precious. Of course, she is the czar of all things country music. She's got the book called College of Songology. You can go to the website and order that if you want to know about the music biz. She is the source of all things industry, especially when it comes to royalties and how to get started as a songwriter, Precious Harris. 
and just does a great job. Nashville Music Line, the website as well. Precious, continuing our banter about activity going on. Of course, Tim McGraw still cutting records and such. But I want to ask you about a fellow that is maybe the Tim McGraw of the airwaves right now, and that's Kane Brown, who is he on Curb Records too? No. Okay. Uh, sorry, Kane. On, uh, uh, I think he's on Sony for some odd reason. Okay. Sorry. My apologies, Curb. But Kane Brown, and he is just going gangbusters with his sales. And what, what do you know about the latest with him? I know he's got something coming up in a couple of months with uh, something at the Hall of Fame. Yeah. Yeah. He has that. And then the biggest thing is, you know, he's been trying to get, you know, he is, I was reading some of his. A backstory the other day only because that i've just because if there ever was a word of an artist that has persevered through some rough times and doesn't hold grudges this is a kid that i'm i'm very 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 proud of and I've, i met him a couple of times just in passing and stuff but like we we're going through the hallway last year at country radio seminar and i said and he had like his entourage i mean his manager his booking agent everybody was there and I went over and said, hey, Mr. Brown. He said, oh, just call me Kane. I said, I just want you to know that I'm very proud of where you're standing right now. I know that you've been through a lot of stuff. And I just want to tell you that you may not know me, but I'm proud of you for you to overcome and do what you're doing. He goes, well, thank you. He said, what's your name? And I said, Precious. He said, thank you, Miss Precious. And it was like such a sweet thing because he was sincere about thanking me for that. You know, and then I seen him again in passing at CMA Fest like later in the year and he said, hey, Miss Precious, and, you know, kept walking because I was busy and he was busy. But he's one of those artists, and I'm glad to see he's accomplished what he's accomplished. And if you're a fan of Kane Brown, he'll be in the home of the Gamecocks next Friday night. He'll be at Colonial Life Arena putting on a big concert in Columbia, South Carolina, and that'll be a 7 p.m. start time. And he's probably just kicking off his tour for 2019 in Columbia, and then he's going to a whole bunch of other dates. But certainly a guy that has a, a unique story. And of course he's tied with Lauren Elena because their huge quadruple platinum song. What if with Lauren was a big seller. And of course those two go back to high school. Weren't they buddies in the same high school in North Georgia? Yeah, it was actually the junior, um, actually junior, um, junior. Well, somebody Kane says it was junior high. Somebody calls it high school, but I do know, uh, that what had happened is that song Kane had originally was going to do it as just a male act. And he said, I got to thinking, well, why can't it be a duet? And he said, I knew as soon as they were talking, I presented the idea. He said, I didn't even let nobody through any ideas. And he said, I already knew that Lauren, I wanted her to sing it with me. And of course she brought it to, she brought it full force, you know, but I'm very happy for him. But he's also the first ever to top all five billboard country charts. And that's never happened. Not oh, with like Garth, not with any other act. I mean, and look at some of the big acts. We've got superstar iconic. We got iconic Garth. We got superstar Keith Urban and they did not accomplish that. So I'm, I'm happy about that, you know, and this is a kid that come from his mom and his brother literally lived in a car mm. at one time. They were such a having a rough time. But he persevered in the same way. So, like I said, very happy of his backstory. And it's true. You know, and he didn't go. He got he went and auditioned for some of the talent competition. He did not make it. 
So he went back home and he started out on YouTube and became a YouTube sensation. And as soon as later on, he knew that actually Nashville started following him and that's how it happened. Amazing story. Yeah. Kane Brown, everybody. Hey, let's talk about a person that doesn't have quite that kind of success story yet, but they just might. And that's Hannah Bethel, a rising artist that is worth a listen. Tell me more about Hannah Bethel. Well, Hannah Bethel, actually, and I have to brag about her. She's one of my former clients. Uh, I did, uh, she would hire me because I do independent contracting. I do radio tours for people. I help you with your mechanical license. So I'm like an a la carte company. So uh, they had hired me to go on a radio tour because of my contacts with radio. We were on tour together for a couple of days, me and her and her manager. Anyway, um, she had really had been working on her vocals and everything. And uh, she'd end up losing her deal. And that, and that's, Two years, she went to work and she wrote and she wrote and she wrote, and now she's come full circle again, and she's back at top. You know, her song and her video train made it to the top five to the CMT twelve pack country countdown, and that is really hard if you look at all the artists she's up against. Yeah, on Twitter, uh, Hannah Bethel is the Twitter account, and yeah. she, she fancies herself as a Nashville singer and songwriter, and got quite a following and we encourage you to maybe go on and give her a little listen. If you'd like to maybe find some up and coming artist, Hannah Bethel is the name. She's perfect. I mean, she's so sweet. If you meet her, you're going to fall in love with her and there, she doesn't have an attitude, you know, cause sometimes females can get a little catty. No way. Has, yes. And she has none of that. And that's the best thing. Cause you know, I've worked with a lot of artists. And so when I first met her, I was I wasn't surprised because she looks so sweet with her, you know, she doesn't wear a lot of makeup and stuff like that, but she's just, just beautiful from the inside out. And she's talented as I'll get out. So I can't wait. Uh, we're going to try to get together in the next month or so after crazy CRS and get together for lunch. So I can't wait for that. Beautiful. And you said, isn't uh caddy and Not. Is very talented and doesn't wear a very lot of makeup. Right, not Caddy. <laughs> yeah, she's she's calling my name. You you hook us up after the show, okay? <laughs> Hannah Bethel. Let, let, let me also ask you about Tennille Arts. I have no idea what in the world that is, but they had a song called "I Hate This," which I love that title. Well, she's actually uh she's been around for a bit for a couple three years, but she does have a a, a deal, but. She's uh, actually represented by one of your friends, Craig Campbell. Ah, the great Craig, Craig Campbell of the yeah. old Epic Records fame. Yes, and anyway, I know you and him are really good friends, but yeah, she topped the Radio Disney uh, country chart uh, this week, but she's also a participant. It's not happening yet. We're going to see it. Uh, I'm going to a, a viewing Monday night, the 21st. We're going to a viewing on The Bachelor. Oh. Um so the episode is going to feature a surprise ending to an over-the-top one-and-only date with the newest bachelor, Colton Underwood, and one lucky lady. So um, can right. you believe you got me episode- totally confused. How in the world does Tennille Arts have to, what, what's the connection to The Bachelor? I'm sorry. Uh, honestly, uh, it's a music ending to the one-on-one date with the newest bachelor. So I'm not for sure because I don't watch The Bachelor because I'm an old married woman. But uh, I think she was on an episode. But this Bachelor, is this episode coming up 
is celebrating its 23rd season. Ah, okay. Yeah, but I can't wait. It's going to air Monday night at 7 Central. The Bachelor. So, and don't tell me you bachelor. watch shows like that. No, I can't. isn't that terrible? I don't. Well, I don't either, and that's, I think, the norm. That's the way it ought to be. <laughs> now, the Property Brothers is a different story. <laughs> <laughs> Property Brothers? Come on. Yes, 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 yes. Well, as long as it's nothing too too R-rated, I, I, I guess we'll let you slide with your TV okay. viewing habits. But the main thing is, Precious, and this is something I've got to remind people more and more. If you're listening to us right now, there's either two, there's two choices of you listening to the Y'all Show right now. You can listen to us on a radio station, or you can listen to us via the iTunes podcast or some other podcast form. We're all over the World Wide Web that way. But I met someone the other day who confessed that they no longer listen to the radio in their car. And I thought that was blasphemy. How can you not listen to the radio? And how can you not, if you're a music fan, there's just something special about cutting on that radio and hearing great music, especially great country music. Oh, yeah. And I mean, I love all music. I mean, every once in a while, I'll get a hanker and I'll go listen to some Tom Petty. Oh, you know, we're hanging up. We're hanging up. See you later. (laughs) But one of my good friends, the lead singer, Marshall Tucker. So, you know, but I love Southern rock. But I, I just tell you, I can put Daryl Singletary on repeat and re- listen to it all friggin' day. Ah, uh, I let he it lie. The late, great Daryl Singletary. We lost him about this time last year. It might have been maybe in March, but Daryl Singletary did not live yeah. too far into 2018 when he passed away suddenly. And remind us, he died of what, a stroke or something like that? Well, they weren't for sure, but they had, thought it was having to do with his heart because he was so sudden. Uh. Um but yeah, that's what they think. They never really came out with what had happened. I think they might have, but uh, it just—I didn't want to read anything about it because he was one of my. He and I were. And I put it this way: I took Toby Keith and Mark Chestnut to his show at the Broken Spoke because Mark Chestnut wanted me to hear the best country singer he had ever heard, mm. besides George Jones. So he had compared Daryl Singletary to George Jones early in his career when he was singing for tips at the broken spoke. Golly. Well, I think Mark Chestnut's one of the greatest country music singers ever. And most of them are pretty good, but Mark Chestnut's Mark Chestnut's debut single back in 1991, I think it was too cold at home. Precious. I worked in country music radio at that time. That is the only song that I've ever called a competitor in the radio business up and requested just like I was a stupid listener out there because I wanted to hear it on the radio. It was such a special song, Too Cold at Home. And boy, I would love for the weather right now to kind of resemble what they're talking about in that song here in the month of January. Not quite that hot, but yes, precious. We love our country music and other forms of music, I guess, are tolerable Thank you. It's collegeofsongology.com is the website. Precious Harris, she stops by each Wednesday and gives us a very good report from Nashville, Tennessee. And we look forward to catching up with you again next Wednesday, Miss Precious. Miss P, Mama P, sorry. Oh, P, it's okay. Honey, Kathy Atwood, uh, the publicist calls me Miss P. The kids call me Mama P, and my, my sister calls me Push. <laughs> so it's in a press. Yeah. So anyway. What do you, what, what's your husband call you? Uh, he calls me Dolly. <laughs> oh, gosh. That's terrible. I shouldn't have he's asked. British, remember? He's I British. know, but I mean, come, Dolly. come on, come <laughs> on, Mike. You can do better than that. Precious, thank you. You have a great rest of your day. 
You too, dear. Have a good day. See y'all next week. Bye-bye. All right, Precious Harris, everybody. Well, that will put a bow on this y'all with John Raw. We appreciate you all listening and bearing with us here on this program, bringing the football news, the country music news, and everything in between. We'll be right back here on the Thursday edition with more Dixie goodness. You've been listening to the Y'all Show with the General John Raw. Have a great day.